0: Section 22 of Birds, Volume 3, Number 4, April, 1898 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The New Tenants by Eleonora Kingsley Marble Mrs. Wren, in a very contented frame of mind, set upon her nest, waiting with an ever-growing appetite for that delicious spider or nice fat canker worm which her mate had promised to fetch her from the orchard how happy i am she mused and how thankful i ought to be for so loving a mate and such a dear little cosy home why keeping house and raising a family is just no trouble at all indeed but here mrs wren's thoughts were broken in upon by the arrival of mrs john who announced as she perched upon the rim of the tin pot and looked disdainfully around that she had but a very few minutes to stay so this is the cozy nest your husband is so fond of talking about she said her bill in the air my my whatever possessed you my dear to begin housekeeping in such humble quarters everything in this world depends upon appearances The sooner you find that out, Jenny, the better. From the very first, I was determined to begin at the top, the highest pole in the neighborhood, or none, I said to Mr. John when he was looking for a site on which to build our house. And to do him justice, Mr. Wren never thought of anything lower himself. A tin pot, indeed. Under a porch? Dear, dear. And Mrs. John's bill turned up and the corners of her mouth turned down in a very haughty and disdainful manner i didn't know i'm sure faltered poor little mrs jenny her feathers drooping at once i thought our little house or flat was very nice and comfortable it is in an excellent neighborhood and our landlord's family is oh bother your landlord's family interrupted mrs john impolitely all your neighbours are tired and sick of hearing mr Wren talk about his landlord's family the way he repeats their sayings and doings is nauseating and as for naming your brood after them why mrs john shrugged her wings and laughed scornfully mrs Wren's head feathers rose at once but experience had taught her the folly of quarrelling with her aunt So she turned the subject by inquiring solicitously after her ladyship's health. Oh, it's only fair, fair to Midland, returned Mrs. John, poking her bill about the edge of the nest as though examining its lining. I told Mr. John this morning that I would be but a shadow of myself after fourteen days brooding. If he was like the other gentlemen wrens in the neighborhood, catch me sitting the day through listening to him singing or showing off for my benefit no indeed he is on the nest now keeping the eggs warm and i told him not to dare leave it till my return mrs jenny said nothing but she thought what her dear papa would have done under like circumstances all work and no play continued mrs john makes dull women as well as dull boys that was what my mamma said when she found out papa meant her to do all the work while he did the playing and singing dear dear how many times i have seen her box his ears and drive him on to the nest while she went out visiting and at the very recollection mrs john flirted her tail over her back and laughed loudly how many eggs are you sitting upon this season aunt inquired mrs jenny timidly Eight. Last year I hatched out nine, as pretty a brood as you would want to see. If I had time, Jenny, I'd tell you all about it. How many eggs are under you? Six, meekly said Jenny, who had heard about that brood scores of times. We thought, we thought, well, impatiently. You thought what? That six would be about as many as we could well take care of. I am sure it will keep us both busy finding worms and insects for even that number of mouths. I should think it would, chuckled Mrs. John, nodding her head wisely, but, examining a feather which she had drawn out of the nest with her bill, What is this? A chicken feather, as I live. A big, coarse chicken feather. And straw, too, instead of hay. Ah! little did i think a niece of mine would ever furnish her house in such a shabby manner and mrs john whose nest was lined with horsehair and the downiest geese feathers which her mate could procure very nearly turned green with shame and mortification mrs jenny's head feathers were bristling up again when she gladly espied mr wren flying homeward with a fine wriggling worm in his bill ah here comes your hubby remarked mrs john he's been to market i see well ta-ta dear run over soon to see us and off mrs john flew to discuss mrs jenny's housekeeping arrangements with one of her neighbors mr wren's songs and antics failed to draw a smile from his maid the remainder of that day upon her nest she sat and brooded not only her eggs but over the criticisms and taunts of mrs john straw chicken feathers and old tin pots occupied her thoughts to the exclusion of everything else and it was not without a feeling of shame she recalled her morning's happiness and spirit of sweet content the western sky was still blushing under the fiery gaze of the sun when mrs jenny fell into a doze and dreamed that she the very next day repaid mrs john wren's call the wind was blowing a hurricane and the pole on which mrs john's fine house stood shook and shivered till mrs jenny looked every minute for pole and nest and eggs to go crashing to the ground my home thought she trembling with fear though humble is built upon a sure foundation love makes her home there too dear little tin pot chicken feathers or straw what does it matter and home mrs jenny hastened very thankful in her dream for the protecting walls and overhanging porch as well as the feeling of security afforded by her sympathetic human neighbors the fourteen days in truth did seem very long to mrs wren but cheered by her maid's love-songs and an occasional outing all her persuasions could not induce mr wren to brood the eggs in her absence it wasn't a man's work he said the time at length passed and the day came when a tiny yellow beak thrust itself through the shell and in a few hours to the parent's delight a little baby wren was born mr wren was so overcome with joy that off he flew to the nearest tree and with drooping tail and wings shaking at his side announced in a gush of song to the entire neighborhood the fact that he was a papa a pa-pa is it exclaimed bridget attracted by the bird's manner to approach the nest from watchin these little crathers it do seem i'm hafter understandin bird talk and bird ways most like the mist herself and with one big red finger she gently pushed the angry mrs wren aside and took a peep at the new-born bird howly bither said she retreating in deep disgust of all the skinny ugly little besties she sure, and it's all head and no tail with niver a feather to kiver its nakedness it's shamed i'd be mr wren to father an ugly crather like that so i would and bridget who had an idea that young birds came into the world prepared at once to fly shook her head sadly and went into the house to inform the family of the event one by one the children peeped into the nest and all agreed with bridget that it was indeed a very ugly little birdling which lay there wish i could take it out mamma said dorothy and put some of my doll's clothes on it it is such a shivery-looking little thing ugh exclaimed walter what are those big balls covered with skin on each side of its head and when will it look like a bird mamma those balls are its eyes she laughingly replied which will open in about five days the third day you will perceive a slate colored down or fuzz upon its head on the fourth its wing feathers will begin to show on the seventh the fuzz will become red-brown feathers on its back and white upon its breast the ninth day it will fly a little way and on the twelfth will leave its nest for good and it's a fine scholar yees are to be sure mum said bridget in open-mouthed admiration who either ud heave thought a mite of a crather roick like that ud be an affer bacon so interesting a study for ennis next spring god willin she added it's meself Bridget O'Flaherty, as will be one of them same. One of them same what? inquired her mistress laughingly. Horneth O'Ologists. Mum, replied Bridget, not without much difficulty, and with a flourish of her fine red arms and a triumphant smile upon her round face, Bridget returned to her kitchen and work again. To be continued. End of Section 22